Gone are the days that franchising means restaurants or even means a brick and mortar building. It can mean anything, including cleaning up your pet waste. Join me as I talk with Scott Oaks, who is the Vice President of Franchise Development at Scoop Soldiers, when he tells us all about their new and emerging brand focused on cleaning up your yard. Welcome to the Franchise You Podcast, where key industry leaders provide education and inspiration. Here's your host, Dr. Kathy Gosser, the Director of the Yum Center for Global Franchise Excellence at the University of Louisville. Welcome to another episode of Franchise You. With me today, I have Scott Oaks. Scott is the Vice President of Franchise Development of Scoop Soldiers. Welcome, Scott. Hey, Kathy. How are we doing? Doing great. Glad to have you on here. This is going to be so fun. Let's talk about you first. So you have an impressive 20 plus year career in franchising, starting with the Handyman Connection, Wireless Zone, Bright Star, 1851 Franchise, First Light. But now you have this wonderful role at Scoop Soldiers. So you have experience both in franchise sales and marketing. So let's hear a little bit more about that. Why don't you tell us some highlights of your career? So it's, it's funny because I, 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 you know, it wasn't anything that I set out to, to become involved in, in, in franchising. I actually was a, a communications major and I, I was in different sales roles and stuff as I was going through college. So I actually worked in the manufacturing industry for the printing press industry for the first five or six years of my career, helping them in some various sales roles. And in, what was it? Oh, three. Oh, three. After Y2K, after the dot-com bust, there was a lot of layoffs in manufacturing. Mm-hmm. And I, yeah, I was running a couple of different departments with, with multiple people reporting to me. And I knew we were going to have to cuts. And I walked in one Thursday and, and found out that I was the cut. Oh, wow. And, you know, three months of severance and good luck. And the one thing I had learned in my time there was that the sales in, in lease manufacturing for me was very commoditized, mm-hmm. you know, regardless of how well your customer service was, regardless of product quality, it ultimately always came down to price. And that was just kind of empty to me. So I was trying to find something where Hey, can I do something that actually maybe has a little more weight and a little bit more meaning? And, you know, I did everything that you're supposed to do, right? You're, you know, you're, yeah. you're networking, you're, you're researching companies you wouldn't mind working for, you're thinking about different industries. And someone found my resume on, um, well, I guess then it was Monster, you know, before Indeed or oh, ZipRecruiter, yeah. there were things like Career Builder and Monster. So they found it on there. And it was a it was a VP of development for Handyman Connection, and you know he was looking for someone with a sales background, but uh, didn't have any franchising experience. He didn't want anybody with any bad habits, so gotcha. to speak. So he wanted, he wanted to be able to mold them. And yeah. the the idea of helping people get started in their own business, you know, it, it sounds a little corny, but helping people kind of follow that that American dream of becoming their own business owners really appealed to me. I felt like there was some weight in it. Uh, Secondly, it was a selection process, right? It wasn't, hey, if you want to do this, great, we'll let you do it. It was like, okay, we're trying to find the right person with the right skill sets who's going to be able to be successful. And then third, I just got the concept. I am not a handy person. So, Mm -hmm. you know, if my wife sees me walking around the house with tools, it's, it's a full stop 
where are you going? What are you doing? And so I understand. Yes. <laughs> so I completely got who their target customer was. So mm -hmm. I really believed in what they were doing. And, and so that's, that's really how I ended up getting my start in, in franchising with them. You know, it was funny because like my second week of training, I was handed, you know, the, the UFOC, which is now called an FDD, the right. disclosure document and said, here, here's 400 pages. You're going to have to explain this and explain all this le legal <laughs> contract language yeah. to someone that you're trying to get excited about this. And it's, it's a pretty one-sided document. So yes, let's do that. <laughs> And but from 20 any, years later, I've at, I, I absolutely feel like this is what I'm supposed to be doing. You know, I love what you said there, Scott, about it really is a way to help people launch their dream business. And yeah. that is what franchising is all about. And, you know, many of us who spent our entire careers in franchising, such as you, almost your entire career, we had no idea in college that we wanted to do this. We yeah. just kind of dropped into it. And then once you get in, guess what? You can't get out. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, my first experience in franchising, I didn't even realize I was in because I was I was yeah. I worked at a Burger King in high school. Oh, there you go. There you go. Yeah. yeah so, I... so as I'm learning about systems and operations and standards and all these things, I'm like, oh, that's why we were having to do all that. stuff. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. What are some of the similarities in all the franchise businesses you've been a part of? For me, first and foremost, is that I connected with the product or service mm -hmm. that uh, we were offering. Okay, mm -hmm. uh, as I kind of mentioned, I wasn't a handy person, so I completely got that. You know, when I when I went to work for Wireless Zone, it was a an opportunity to get some experience working in retail and mm -hmm. understanding, you know, finding locations, what makes good retail locations work, but also I couldn't have picked a better industry to get into during that time because it was really where the cell phone was going from. It was past the car phone, but it, it wasn't the iPhone yet. It was really like that merger of cell phone and laptop coming together. Mm -hmm. And it just, it was, it was a really great industry to be in. And the technology was just a cool thing. Mm -hmm. so, um, oh, I, I can see that. Yeah. And then, you know, I spent between Bright Star and First Light Home Care, you know, I spent over eight years in the senior care industry. Mm -hmm. You know, that that really had a double meaning and impact for me because obviously it was getting the, 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 the kind of the great feel of helping people get started in their own businesses. But the, the work our franchisees and their caregivers were doing was absolutely just phenomenal work, working with seniors who are needing help, helping families that have been trying to be the caregiver for their mom or their dad or their grandparent. And, you know, having gone through that with grandparents and seeing that, it just really, you know, connected. So it was like, it was just doubly rewarding working through there. So, I, so and and even with, with Scoop Soldiers, <laughs> It's funny because it's one of those things where it's like, okay, is this, is are we solving a problem, right? Are we replacing something people don't really like to do, right? Oh, so yeah. that that's where I saw that. And so the through line has always been, I believed in what the end product or service mm -hmm. was. Um, the other part was, was that I was on board with the organization strategy for how they wanted to grow. You know, because I mean, there's there's a lot of different ways in franchising that you can grow. 
Um, and everybody loves hearing those success stories of, hey, we, we, we sold 300 franchises in, in 18 months. You know, the question is, you know, did they all open? Did right. they all become successful? And, and I, I found myself with organizations that wanted a combination of quantity and quality. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Makes so, sense. you know, yeah. And, and, and again, you don't bat a thousand, right? You, you do your best to qualify folks and, and help them understand what it's going to take. And sometimes it just clicks and it's great. Other times it's, it's, it's a miss, but you try to minimize the misses. Gotcha. So let's talk about Scoop Soldiers because right. it is a fascinating concept. And first of all, the branding is so clever. So obviously Scoop Soldiers is a company that is a pest waste removal company. But here's what I love. <laughs> You have you have things on your website such as Operation Poop Freedom, yep. requesting permission to fly by your turf. I mean, it is so fun. So yeah. the company was started in 2010. Can you tell us a bit more about your company, the brand, and maybe the industry? So, like I said, the company kind of got started from uh, our co-founders who were running, you know, a lawn care business. You know, like okay. weed control, fertilization, things, something like that. So you know, they would run into problems when they would go to fertilize people's yards, regularly seeing, you know, landmines all over the place. Right? Gotcha. <laughs> gotcha. So, and, and, and so having to avoid that. And then they, you know, they would see somebody who maybe was an independent person, you know, doing that. And they're like, you know, we know how to operate a business with a person in a truck going out and doing work in the yard. There's got to be, you know, something there. And so when they first started, they were they were cleaning the yards like you would if you were walking your dog, right? Bending mm-hmm. over by hand, cleaning things up. And they realized really quickly like that was not going to be a successful formula. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like over time, the business ha- has evolved. You know, we use we use rakes, we use scooping materials. You know, we've we've got training manuals on how to canvas yards and 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 online training modules for employees. We it's as much of a logistics business as it is a customer service business because, you know, the efficiency at which a technician can clean a yard and how quickly that can be done. So, and, and part of it for me, because I trust me, when I got contacted about scoop soldiers and, <laughs> and I'm like, really, you know, <laughs> clean, cleaning up, cleaning up dog poop. And like, even my wife's like, are you going to be okay telling people that, you know, the business you're wrapping and, it, it, you know, and I go, I go, yeah, because I, I did my homework like a candidate would. Yeah. And I saw the level of detail they had on their training. I saw that, mm-hmm. you know, they had analytics. Their unit economics were were good. The the marketing, as you say, you know, we don't take ourselves too seriously. Right. So we know um, what we're doing. All right. And and so let's have fun with it. People love their pets. It was part of an, a large industry that people spent money. People spend tons of money on their pets for a lot of things they love to do, you know, for about 20 bucks a week. Why not spend money on my pet for the one thing that absolutely stinks about owning a pet, which is the cleaning up app. Well done with the stinks word. So, yeah. you oh know, my goodness, there's so many puns in this business. I can imagine. And, you know, speaking of customers, you even have strong reviews on Yelp and your customers join in on that lingo. So. Oh, yeah. One of them referred to Edwin cleared our minefield in record time, sent a photo of the closed gate, which is really yep. kind of cool. So how do you create such loyal customers? 
it's really our focus on on customer service and and which includes peace of mind and also being a service they don't have to think that much about all right if gotcha. someone is thinking about you know their pooper scooper often that's not a good thing you know this yeah. should be like a set it and forget it type type thing right so we try to get out there we try to be you know unintrusive we get in we do, do our stuff you know we train our our technicians on on how to interact with the pets you know if you if there's an aggressive dog how do we handle that and keep it and then also just peace of mind because with having someone come into the yard when you're a pet owner your biggest fear is you know your dog's going to get out and you're never right. going to see fluffy again right so right Part of that is at the end of each uh, each sweep that we do with the yard, you know, we take a picture of that secured gate. We, we text it to the client to let them know that it's, you know, uh, that it's closed, secured and everything's good. You know, that's really pretty incredible because that is the biggest fear. When my lawn guys come, I'm always worried about that gate. So yeah. that is very that's really listening to your customers. And it, so, really, it, it, also, it just also shows that customer service can be the differentiator, right? right? It can. You can you can get any, you know you, you can get anyone to come out and try clean the yard, but but why us versus somebody else, right? That's so and there's cool. a lot of things that go into that, and just you know that customer service piece is the differentiator, which is part of what we communicate to our franchise candidates as to what we're looking for. We need people that believe in strong customer service and that it can make a difference you know, from a competitive advantage standpoint. Oh, it definitely can. So let's talk about franchising. So you recently started franchising in 2019 and mm -hmm. you had 36 units at the end of 2022 and now you're up yep. to 40. Why yep. the franchising strategy? It was interesting because from 2010, we started out in kind of the, the DFW market, Dallas, Fort Worth, and kind mm -hmm. of grew from there. And then we began expanding to Austin, to San Antonio, and and each time we would expand corporately, you were taking your learnings from from the previous market and applying them to the next one, right? And that's how you get systems developed. That's how you start to put together your operations manual. That's how you put together your launch for each one. Okay, now for grand opening, grand opening marketing, going into a new market, here's what we're doing here. And you know, by the time we got to about 2018, we were probably in maybe 15 different corporate markets, both mm -hmm. inside and outside of Texas. We'd expanded to Phoenix, we had Denver, so um, Oklahoma. So we knew that the, the business would work in different geographies and weather. And so they're like, hey, if we really want to grow, you know, beyond this, you know, franchising may be the, the way to do it. On top of that, we're going to get a chance to help people become entrepreneurs where you don't need $500,000 to, to, to get involved in this. And mm -hmm. so, so that's when, that's re really when they, they, they dug into the franchising and then began franchising. You know, we, we had sold four franchises in 2019. Okay. And then when COVID hit, we, we basically took that year and focused on just supporting the franchisees that we had and continuing to maintain and and we did a little bit of expansion on the corporate side for us we were able to navigate it pretty well because we had one person in a truck doing work outside right. without really interacting with people so again you know for a pandemic that's not a bad place to be if you're you're trying to you know stay away from folks so that's true um, 
and then a lot of new a lot of new pet owners during the pandemic too mm-hmm. so, so then i was brought in in 2021 to really try to help kind of formalize our franchise awarding process and really get us kick-started uh up so we we had awarded another 10 by the end of 2021 and then yeah so last year we did uh, another 20 or so so you know we're just we're just building it on there and it's been a combination of you know we've had some employees buy franchises we've had uh friends of employees buy uh franchises we've had new people come in and start um you know brand new franchises so it's it's been a little bit of a hybrid of everything but you know it's a pretty flexible model for folks seems like a great model and you actually offer two business opportunities startup and enhanced can you yep. explain both of those yeah so obviously traditional business startup is hey guess what hey, i want to open up in lexington kentucky all right mm-hmm. we don't we don't have any corporate operations there or whatever so here here's your t- traditional startup all your support training boom here's the plan all right and enhanced territory is so like right now i think we've got 13 different corporate operations around the country. All right. So for instance, let's, let's take Denver. Okay. So we've got corporate operation in Denver that's servicing the entire Denver market. Um, Denver for us is about seven different franchise territories. So we get an inquiry from Denver from someone who wants to come in, you know, uh, acquire a territory or two in Denver. Well, they'll have an option at an additional cost, but any, once we map out the territory, we figure out how many clients are there. And then for an additional cost, they can acquire those clients very much like you would an existing business so that they're starting out with revenue. They're starting out with brand mm-hmm. recognition. They're starting out with clients. We allow them to interview any of our technicians for, for the option of potentially hiring them directly themselves, um, even in terms of truck availability. Mm-hmm. So it's it's this enhanced where it's kind of giving you the best of both worlds between a franchise and an existing business that may, that makes sense thank yep. you for and, that and so by having those corporate operations a we're seeding markets for these enhanced territories but it also mm-hmm. keeps our foot in what the day-to-day business is so that we're always experiencing the same thing the franchisees are if we have new i we have quote great new ideas. We're going to try them out in our corporate locations before asking our franchisees to experiment with. Makes sense. Both of those are very interesting opportunities. So I dug into your FDD a little bit and just a couple of questions there. So I noticed that you offer some discounts for veterans as well as minorities and women owned franchises. Can you Mm -hmm. tell us the philosophy about this discount? Yep. So for us, the the veteran piece was was easy. Okay. We, mm-hmm. you know, we're we're veteran themed. Yeah. Um, we have a number of uh employees and 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 now franchisees who are, are veterans. And so we just feel very strongly about trying to help, you know, give them a leg up where where we can. So that so that discount for us is an, an important differentiator in terms of helping them. The diversity discount for women and, and, and minorities, it's just just another thing we're trying to do to help keep, keep things mixed up. You know, a good diverse franchise community is a great thing to have. Yes. People of different backgrounds, people of different philosophies, different perspectives. And, you know, I don't believe there's any industry out there that is just, oh, this only works for women or this only works for men or, That's you know, right. so everybody, everybody should ha- have a good opportunity. And you know what, to try to incentivize folks, we throw that out there. Ah, that's great. I think that's great. And you pay a referral fee to an existing franchisee if they bring someone in. What's the result of that? Yeah. Well, 
when you when you take a look at at franchise development and lead generation tactics, you know, mm-hmm. I, I go to a lot of conferences and typically referrals from existing franchisees are typically the number one lead generation activity that leads to new franchisees. Mm-hmm. All right. Because when you think about it, you know, franchisee refers someone to you. Guess what? They're always talking to the franchisee about their experience in the business. It's like instant validation throughout the whole process because of where they came from. And in many cases, before they even get on the phone with someone like me, they're already like 60%. Oh yeah, this sounds fantastic because of all the conversations they've had with the person that's actually been running one of those. Yeah. So. And that, and that franchisee doesn't want to bring in someone who's not going to be great because that would affect it, the whole brand. Well, they don't want to bring in somebody who's not going to be great. And my goodness, I don't want to ruin a friendship because I said, Correct. Hey, get involved in this. So, you know, now, Both sides. now we're not sending Christmas cards to each other. Anymore. <laughs> there you so. go. There you go. Hey, Scott, would you mind talking about your royalty payment? Yeah. Yeah. So this was, this was another one of those things where when I was looking at coming to scoop soldiers, I, I like did a double take because I'm always trying to think, hey, what's a candidate going to ask me? So I better have good answers while I'm going through the interview process for the for the questions I'm going to get from. And so our our royalty is 16 percent. And it's because we have something called a command center. So you get all of your traditional franchising, operational support, marketing support, access to systems, training, all of those things. Right. But in addition to that, for our franchisees, the command center handles all of our incoming customer service calls, all of the inquiries. So, you know, whether you're 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 calling in for a franchisee or for a, uh, a corporate operation, they're handling the incoming calls. They're doing the follow up emails, follow up texts, follow up uh, uh uh, phone calls to convert those inquiries into clients. They're also handling the customer service calls for the franchisee. And then also once a technician has completed a, uh, a, a sweep of a yard, then that goes to the command center and they generate a bill, they e- email the, in- or they generate an invoice, they email the bill, and then they do the collections that goes straight to the franchisee. So it eliminates, you know, a huge part of the administrative right. function that a franchisee would have to do, or they'd have to hire somebody to do so that the franchisee can really focus on managing their technicians, doing local marketing. And for, for many of our franchisees, it gives them the flexibility to a run multiple territories so they can be able to grow their business even that much faster. B either run additional businesses to this or keep a day job. Yeah. I mean, that that's a lot of support which yeah. is, as you mentioned, it allows the franchisee not to hire somebody to do that. So not building out that infrastructure, you've already done that. So yeah. that explains that. And you said you're going to change that. I think you told me earlier. Yeah, because yeah, obviously it's sticker shock for, yes. for a lot of candidates when they go 16%, especially yes. if they're comparing it to other franchises whose royalty is, you know, 6 to 8%. So what we're doing in our new FDD is that we're we're saying okay here's our here's our royalty of eight percent and then mm-hmm. here's our command center fee of eight percent so it's still sixteen but it's you know it's split up to to make understandable and right. so when you look at when, when you look at let's say financials and say okay for eight percent of of revenue would you be able to pay an admin to handle all of these things we're going to do for most no folks? no no you couldn't that is truly a lot of great support. I also noticed that you have a management fee if you have to step in and operate the business under special circumstances. 
I thought that was really very proactive to ensure the protection and value of your brand. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was something that that we implemented, I think, oh, maybe two years ago when we when we were kind of revamping our our FDD from from what it looked like, you know, from when we started franchising. And it was just it's one of those things where a closure is bad in franchising in general. It's bad for the franchisee. It's bad for the brand. Right. It, it can negatively impact that market if you know customers are you know promises that were made to customers are not kept. So. We have, you know, if, if, you know, somebody decides to abandon the business or, you know, because we have corporate operations, we can send technicians and team leads to these markets to continue to service these clients until, you know, we, we figure out what we're going to do. So we have that management fee in there in the case that that happens so that the, the, the market and, and more importantly, the, the, the clients are not you know, negatively impacted because uh, something, you know, uh, went the wrong way. I understand that. I actually, as I said, I thought that was a real positive. When you protect your brand, you're protecting it for all your franchisees as well. Yeah. And that was, oh. and that was a best practice that I found and carry over from my time in the senior care industry. Oh, okay. Because if you think about it, if some reason someone has to shut down in senior care, Oh, and and all of a sudden you've been having somebody come in to take care of mom. Okay, what happens now, right? Because in many cases the family didn't even live in the same town, so you needed a lever in the agreement to be able to go. Okay, well we're going to step in and 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 run it until we can either transition them uh, to somebody else or you know have another franchisee come in to, to mm -hmm. operate. What are the qualities you're looking for for a franchisee of Scoop Soldiers? Um, I think first and foremost, and, and I may have mentioned this earlier, is just somebody that values customer service. All right. Because I've literally talked to candidates on the phone. They're like, man, you know, some businesses would be great if it wasn't for the customers. And I'm like, oh that, if that's your mentality, then that's you're you're way in the wrong thing. Right. Yeah. So we want people that 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 value customer service. We want people that that value the franchise model. Mm -hmm. that want that roadmap, right? Because there are there are true, true entrepreneurs out there that they want to create the idea. They want everything to, to be organically coming from them, which is great, but but they feel very restricted in a franchise system. What, mm -hmm. you know, I've always said, definition of a really good franchisee, they don't want to recreate the wheel, but they want to take our wheel and see how far and how fast they can make it go. Oh, that's great. And so, so people that, that are looking for that type of guidance and, and they want that support, we're looking for that. And then obviously you, you've got to like animals, you've got to have some connection to, to it. You know, I wouldn't tell a vegan to open up a steakhouse. You know, if you don't like dogs, this is not the business for you either. Yeah, that, that totally makes sense. You know, I read an article from earlier this year that stated there are five great reasons to invest in scoop soldiers. And they include impressive momentum, booming pet care industry, wide open available territory, low initial investment, and quick startup process and support and leadership. So which one of these reasons is the most compelling to you? Well, they're all good, right? They are. They are. <laughs> um, I think it's it's somewhere between the 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 the, the pet industry yeah. and, and and the 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 quick startup and 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 the the lower investment costs because a, it's in an industry that people spend money in, you know, as I mentioned before, mm -hmm. and, and you're, you're, you're solving a problem 
or taking care of something they don't like to do. So people are going to be willing to spend money to do this. And, you know, as yeah, I would say 15 years ago, having someone mow your lawn, having someone come into your house every couple of weeks to, to, to clean it wasn't as regular or as common as it is today. Mm-hmm. And, and, and we see this kind of following along that same track. Hey, let's get this outsourced just so that it's done, especially when you take a look at some of the environmental issues that can come up from not cleaning after your dog, bacteria and, and, and things like that in the yard uh, mm-hmm. for not only the pets, but also, you know, kids, people, uh, uh, things like that. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think that would probably be it. And then the fact that, you know, it's, you know, you, you're not needing to find a location. It's a home-based business. It's That's a service-based business. You can run it really out of anywhere. And you can also run it while you do other things, which for, for some of our franchisees, the other things are just having more freedom and time. Yep. I can see so, that. Yeah. So the last part about Scoop Soldiers I want to ask you about, because I, I just think it's got to be so rewarding for all of you, is the strong philanthropic relationship you have with Valor Service Dogs. Can you talk about that? Yep. So so Valor trains uh, new dogs from basically a puppy all the way through, I think it's like a two-year training process to become a service dog for wounded or injured vets. Mm. Um, so they work on donations because they don't charge the vets for anything. And if you've ever looked into getting a service dog, you, you know, in, from a from a purchasing standpoint, it is an extremely expensive uh, proposition uh, because it t- does take a lot of time. So our relationship with with Valor has been going on for quite a while. We sponsor a new dog the, the entire training process. You know, from basically pup to when they get handed off to uh, to their veteran, and then uh, we we provide the veteran with free scooping services. You know, for Aww. for lifetime. So, um, and, and then we just recently, you know, they 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 they've started doing where they're they're now doing some breeding for service dogs. Mm-hmm. So we we recently sponsored a a new addition to their uh, uh, facilities called a whelping room. Mm-hmm. Where, where, you know, where, where mm-hmm. the pups are in there and, you know, there's um, kind of starts off that breeding process. So oh, uh, it's cool. just the, the value of a service dog and, and, and the connection that it, it, it can make and, and assistance it can give veterans mm-hmm. is really important. So we're, we're proud as anything to, to be able to assist and be a small part of that success. Ah, that's wonderful. And it totally fits your brand and what you all care about. So that's great. So my last two questions are about you, Scott. You have done a lot. Like, gosh, when I look at your franchising career, it's expansive. What are you most proud of? Um, Probably A, that that I still really like what I'm doing today. Yeah. I still, I still get charged up when, when someone new is coming on board. That, and there's actually no prouder moment for me than being at a franchise convention and watching someone you helped bring into the organization get an award, whether um, it's for revenue, whether it's for customer service, whether, you know, it's it's like watching your kid get National Honor Society or something like that. Yeah. All right. Yeah. They did all the work, but I had a little small part in helping them get on that stage. And, and, and for me, that's, that's a big sense of pride and to, to have been able to do it uh, with as many entrepreneurs 
in my time. I think that's that's one of the biggest things I'm proud of, and 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 that you know I can I can get up in the morning and know okay I think I've done more positive than 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 negative in in what I've I've had to dedicate so much time and effort to. Ah, that's great. And my last question for you is: There anything you wish you had known before you started this franchising journey way back? 20 plus years ago. Um, um, I wish I would have taken maybe a class or two on contract language. Oh. <laughs> oh, okay. You know, there's so much, there's so much conversation, you know, during the uh, awarding process about the franchise agreement. And so I've had to pick up, uh, I, I, I've learned a great deal, but probably, probably a little bit more exposure to that probably would have, uh, would have helped. I can see that. And, you know, we do teach that now at the University of Louisville. We do teach the franchise law because there's so much to that, to your point. Yeah. Yeah. And and one of the great tactics a a mentor of mine gave me was that, you know, when you're trying to explain why things are in a franchise agreement, you're you're not trying to explain it because you think the person you're talking to is going to become a bad franchisee. Mm -hmm. But what it's all about that neighbor, you know, if they decide to start doing this or they decide to start doing that and it can negatively impact your business, the first person you're going to call is us. And we need to have levers, you know, within the agreement to be able to make sure uh, if somebody, you know, starts to, to veer from the path, we can help kind of pinball them back on. Oh, yeah. And and protect the integrity of your brand for sure. Well, Scott, what a joy it has been talking to you and learning about Scoop Soldiers. Thank you so much for your time. Kathy, hey, thanks for having me on. Franchise You is brought to you by the Yum Center for Global Franchise Excellence at the University of Louisville. For more information on the center, visit business.louisville.edu slash yumcgfe. Thank you for listening to Franchise You.